once I wandered in sin's dark night. There was no way I could make my wrongs right. Then that old accuser to the Lord did cry. He is a sinner. Now he must die. Then I heard a voice say, Father, I'll go. I'll bear his sin debt and Calvary's flow. I'll bear in my body the marks of the cross to save this poor child who is sin sick and lost. And it's still the blood that saves from sin. It's still the blood that cleanses within from the highest star in heaven to the depths of the sea. It's still the blood of Jesus that brings victory to me. There are those who rely on the works that they do. Some folks count on the times they've prayed through. But when the battle's over and the victory is won, I'll go home through the blood of God's precious Son. And it's still the blood that saves from sin. It's still the blood that cleanses within from the highest star in heaven to the depths of the sea. It's still the blood of Jesus that brings victory to me. It's still the blood of Jesus that brings victory to me. Amen. Thank you.
for that song. I asked him to sing that song. It goes along with my message this morning. I didn't ask Brother Holub to sing the song that he did, but it goes along with my message also this morning. So, thankful for that. But take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. Kids, you're dismissed for junior church. You want to go ahead and head on downstairs. You can. I'll go down with Miss Cassandra. Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for this opportunity to be here and another opportunity for me to preach Your Word, dear Lord. And I pray, Lord, that this will help, God. I pray it will speak to hearts and I pray You will use it, Lord. And I pray that You will help each one in here to do what they need to do. To have that merry heart. In your name we pray. Amen. The title of my message this morning is It's Time to Take Your Medicine. It's Time to Take Your Medicine. Now, that's not something most people like to hear usually. You parents, you all remember maybe telling that to your kids a few times and they didn't like it. My daughter, here recently, she had to take some medicine. And my uh, my wife would put it. In the, she was the Allie, our one and a half year old, and she would take that medicine and put it in one of these things, that, and she would squeeze it into her mouth. And as soon as my wife would get that out, our daughter she'd just take off running. She did not want it. She did not want that medicine. She would fight it off all that she could. But the truth is, she needed that medicine. That medicine was good for her. And the truth is, you know, we understand as adults is un- sometimes with that medicine is unpleasant. But you, it's protecting you, or it's helping you to have a more pleasant life, isn't it? It's helping you to get over that sickness or whatever it is that you have going on. And here in Proverbs, it says, "A merry heart doeth good like a medicine." Being happy, that happy heart, it literally can help you physically. It can, it can help your health. A merry heart. And I think everybody wants joy in their life, and I know God wants you to have joy in your life. I know that. And he said in Proverbs that it's like a medicine, but if you want that medicine, you've got to know where to get it. So, how do you get that medicine to cure the broken spirit? How do you get that merry heart? We want you to have that today. We want you to have that merry heart. It's good. It's like a medicine. So, how are we going to get that medicine? Well, first of all, if you're going to have that merry heart, you're going to have to take your vaccinations. What are you talking about? Vaccinations. I remember when I was a kid... I remember we went, my parents, they took me to Princeton. We lived, we lived in Spring Valley at the time, and they took me to Princeton. And I remember I went there, and they gave me shots. 
And I remember, boy, I cried and I hated it. And I was when we were going home, I remember crying and telling them, I'm never going back to that place again. Don't you ever take me there again. And I remember from then on, for years after that, any time we would be driving towards Princeton, I would get scared. I would, because, and I remember, I remember one time we were driving to Princeton, and I, I could tell, I recognized the road, and I said, are we going back to the doctor? Are we getting shots? <laughs> and like, no, we're not. And sure enough, I went there, and we got shots, and I wasn't very happy. And then I remember the next time, we went there again, are we getting, no, are we getting shots? And they're like, no, you're not getting shots. And we went there. And I remember I didn't get shots, but my sisters did. Now I remember how, how good I felt about that because I, I didn't get it. But even to this day, sometimes I'll be driving to Princeton, and I'm, when I'm on this road, now I'll remember I'll remember those thoughts that went through my head as a little kid. I didn't want those vaccinations. I didn't want them at all. And if spiritually, though, if you want to have a merry heart, you need. A vaccination. It says in Revelation chapter one verse five, and it says, "And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the Prince of the Kings of this earth, unto Him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood." The vaccination that you need today is a vaccination from the penalty of sin. The vaccination from the penalty of sin. The Bible says in Romans six twenty three that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's a penalty for our sins. And whether you know it or not, all of us are sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But for First John chapter 1, verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make uh, we make Him a liar and His Word is not in us. If The vaccination from the penalty of sin today is the blood of Jesus Christ. Did you know that the, it's the blood of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, that cleanses us from sin? It's because of the blood of Jesus that He shed on the cross of Calvary that we can even have hope, that we have hope of going to heaven. It's His blood. A lot of religions today, they don't like to talk about the blood. They don't like to sing about the blood. But let me tell you, that's what it's all about, folks. It's all about the blood of Jesus Christ. He, that is why we have the ability to be saved. It's through His blood. And that blood of Christ, once you get saved, you don't ever have to worry about going to hell. You don't ever have to worry about it. And that's a great thing about some of the vaccinations. You get those vaccinations and what do they do? They make it so you don't have to worry about getting those sicknesses anymore. Did you know there's some diseases that literally have that used to just wipe out villages that don't even hardly exist anymore because there's been a cure that they found. They found those vaccinations. And let me tell you something, sin's always going to be around. And that penalty of sin's always going to be around, but there's a way that you can protect yourself from ever having to worry about that, and that is by Jesus Christ, by asking Him for salvation, He'll give that to you. And in a sense, spiritually, you're vaccinated from that, from that penalty of sin with His blood, and you never have to worry about it again for the rest of your life. I remember when I was a kid, I, had to, I remember when I got the chicken pox, I had it bad. I remember, boy, I had it, my my feet were so covered with them. I had to walk around on my toes, and I just, I mean, it was terrible. It seemed like I had them forever. 
And I just I hate it. And I remember everybody, they all, all you know, I couldn't talk to any of my friends. Nobody wanted their kids around me because they didn't want their kids getting the chicken pox. I remember before I got it, somebody would have them. People, you know, we'd have to stay away from from that person because they had the chicken pox and we didn't want to get it. But I remember after I had the chicken pox, after you had the chicken pox, you're immune to it after that. You don't have to worry about it anymore. And I remember it was really liberating after that to know that I could be around somebody with chicken pox and I didn't have to worry about catching it. I didn't have to worry about getting that disease. It just felt good to know that. To know that I don't have to worry about getting that disease. On the tetanus shots that people get. Have you ever? I remember there's been times I've stepped on I've stepped on the rusty nails before, and it was comforting to know that I had my tetanus shot. I should be okay. Now we're not guaranteed with shots and things. There are always some kind of possibility that might not work exactly right. But with the blood of Christ, you never have to worry about that penalty of sin. You don't have to worry about hell. There is a place called hell, and it's an eternal place, and it's a real and literal place. But when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you don't ever have to worry about that. No matter what, and I live on a sin-cursed earth. I'm still a sinner. I'm around sin all the time, and sometimes I even participate in sin, but I don't ever have to worry about that penalty of sin. And I thank God for that because I've been vaccinated with the blood of Jesus Christ. Those vaccinations, they make they make those antibodies that make us immune to certain diseases. And what a wonderful feeling it is to know that I am immune from that penalty of sin. To know that I don't have to worry about it. There are still some sicknesses and things today that you there you hear somebody's got a cold. If I hear somebody has strep throat, I don't want to be around them because I all I have to do is hear about it and I get it, it seems like. But the truth is, uh, with when it comes to the penalty of sin, I have been protected. And if you're saved today, you're protected. You don't ever have to worry about it. You are never going to go to that place called hell. Just like that tetanus shot, when you make that mistake and you step on that rusty nail or whatever happens, you don't have to worry. You've been protected. You've got it covered. And even if you make a mistake, even if you mess up every now and then and you fail on God, you don't have to sit around wondering if you're going to hell. And I thank God for that. Because as much as I fail, I know that I'd be wondering quite a bit. But thank God we don't have to worry about that because of Jesus Christ. So also, if you're gonna, if you want to have that, if you're gonna have that merry heart, you've got to have those. I'm telling you, I couldn't be, I couldn't be happy wondering if I was gonna go to heaven and wondering even with the possibility of going to hell. I don't know. I couldn't have peace with that. That would just be that would be too much for me to bear. I believe I believe in hell. I've read about it. I've studied about it. And what I know about hell, it would just it, I, I couldn't I just I couldn't live with that and wondering. I can't imagine being a part of a religion that teaches that you might lose your salvation and always have to be on the edge and never having that confidence that I'm going to be going to heaven. And you know, a lot of people today, they'll try to use this as an excuse. Say, well, you're, you're, you know, you Baptists, you believe that you're saved and that you can't lose your salvation and you believe that you can just go and do whatever you want and kill people and you'll still go to heaven. Okay, that's not what we're teaching. The truth is, a person who really gets saved, when you get saved and you know you don't have to worry about the penalty of sin anymore and you know you have Jesus Christ in your life, you're not going to want to do those things. I'm not going to go out and kill people just because I can and still go to heaven. I don't need to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't even think I could make myself do that. Because you know why? I have the Holy Spirit dwelling in my life. And there, and I'm not going to go and sin just because I can. That's not what it's all about. He saved me from my sin. And I don't, and I'm, I'm going to, 
I'm doing, I go to church, I preach, I read my Bible, I do the things I do, not so I can go to heaven. I do it because I'm going to heaven. And that's why I go to church and I enjoy it. I enjoy going to church. You don't have to drag me here. You don't have to twist my arm. I enjoy it. I don't, I, I'm not here every week so I can go to heaven. I'm here because I'm going to heaven. And I, and I love it. And I don't mind doing something for God after all that He's done for me. Now listen, I'm not even going to try to pay Him back. I can't do that. That price that He paid, it's more than I could ever repay Him. But you know what? I can still do my best. I can do my, I can try the best I can to do whatever I can. And He doesn't make me do that so I can go to heaven. But He does that and then He just gives extra blessings as a result of it. And I'm telling you, today, if you're going to have that merry heart, you can't have that stuff hanging over your head. You can't be wanted about that. You need to get salvation. You need Jesus Christ in your life. And once, and when you have that settled, you are on a road now to happiness and to peace. That you know, the world today is always talking about peace and always looking for peace. But the truth is, the only real, true peace it comes from Jesus Christ. Did you know that if every country in the world signed a treaty today saying that they were never going to go to war and they got rid of all the weapons and all the nuclear bombs and all those things, did you know that there is still going to be a lot of people in the world today that are not going to be at peace? Their lives are still going to be in turmoil. They're still going to be upset, not knowing what to do and where to turn. Because the truth is, real peace it doesn't come. From our, from our leaders and our government. And it doesn't come from a time when our country's not at war. It's something that God gives. And we, and the truth is, you can be at peace in your own heart and in your own life and be fighting a battle in the middle of a war. That, because real peace comes from God. But you need that, you need salvation. You need that spiritual vaccination from the penalty of sin. But also, you need to take your prescriptions. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, if you want to turn over there, I want to read a few verses to you. You need your prescriptions. That's what we were giving my daughter Allie, and she didn't like it. She had an ear infection. And boy, she didn't want that medicine. It didn't taste very good. And you know what? These, uh, these ones, sometimes they don't, they don't taste the best. But it's what we need. In Proverbs 3, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. And everything you do, acknowledge God. Ask God, Lord, what do I do? He'll direct your paths. And it says, be not wise in thine own eyes. A lot of people, they want to make all the choices for themselves and just do their own thing. Because they're wise in their own eyes. It says, don't do that. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. When you trust in God, when you do things His way, literally, it's healthy for you. Literally, that is where you can have you can have peace. That's where the joy comes from. That's where the merry heart comes from. But it says, in all thy ways, acknowledge Him. There are sometimes you're going to have physical problems, and you're going to have to go to a doctor, and you're going to have to say, Doctor, I'm having this symptom, this symptom, this symptom. What do I eat? And he's going to go, and he's going to go back and look at it. You know, they have their medical books and things, and He's a good doctor. He already knows it. And he's going to go and he's going to say, you need this medication and this medication. He'll tell you how to take it. You need to take it two times a day. You need to take this much. And he'll tell you all these little details. Yes? There's certain religions that don't believe in going to the doctors too. Yeah? I'll tell you what, I'm glad we don't believe that way because they've helped me out quite a bit in my life. I had my appendix taken out a couple of years ago and I'm glad I didn't leave them in there because it could have been bad. Oh, yeah, poison 
But let me but let me tell you something. That'll tell you exactly what to do. Has anybody ever gone to the doctor and when they when the doctor told them you need to take this medication, you need to take it twice a day, you said, I'm not gonna I don't have to listen to you. You're gonna tell me when to take medicine, you're gonna tell me how much to take? I ain't listening to you. I'm getting out of here. You know, nobody would do that. That would be foolish. Why even go to the doctor in the first place? But the truth is, we do that many times with the things of God. There, are, you know what? All, none of us are perfect. We've all got some different problems in our life. We've got things going on, and sometimes we need to go to somebody and say, "Hey, I need help in this area." Sometimes you need to go to God and you say, "Lord, what am I doing wrong?" And boy, His Holy Spirit, He'll convict you of it. He's going to, you know what He's going to do? He's going to say, you need to get this out of your life. You need to add this in your life. You need, and He'll tell you all these things. The Bible tells us all kinds of things that we're supposed to do. There's all kinds of commandments in the Bible that God has given us and ways that we can have true joy. But many times people, they look at God and He says that. And they, How dare God try to tell me what to do? How dare God say, I can't do this or tell me I have to do that? But the truth is, that's what you need. You need to talk... You need sometimes you need to talk to the pharmacist. Sometimes you need to talk to a pastor and say, "Listen, I I need help in this area." Nobody goes and says, "I mean, hopefully none of you." When you have to go to the doctor, I'm embarrassed. I'm like, "Oh man, I got to go to the doctor." I hope nobody sees me when I go there. I don't want people to know I have something wrong with me. You know what? We live in a world where people get sick all the time. Where there's all kinds of things out there you can get and you're going to need help. And the truth is you're going to need it spiritually. And there is nothing wrong sometimes if you have to go and say, hey, I, Pastor, I need help in this area. What am I, what am I doing wrong? And you go and you ask counsel. No, it's not, there's not, listen, you'd love it if your kids would do that as, and come to their, you as parents sometimes and say, Mom, Dad, what do I need to do in this situation? That's a wise thing to do. I says, be not wise in thine own eyes. You should go every once in a while. And you should you should ask advice. Go to other godly people in the church or people in your family, people that you trust, and say, what is it I need? You know what they're all going to do? They're going to give you a prescription. They're going to say you need to start doing this. You need to quit doing that. And they're going to tell you. They're going to give you these things. And just like you would trust a doctor and do everything he says, down to the time he says it. To the, I mean, you take the exact amount of medicine. You do that. And if you do it, the Bible says it will be help to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. It will. It will literally help you physically. It will help you have a merry heart. Have you ever seen somebody that you loved and cared about that are just they get there involved in all kinds of junk in their lives, and then you just see and, and it's making them miserable. And you look at them and you're thinking, why don't they stop doing this? Why can't they get away from it? And you want to tell them so bad, and maybe you try to tell them and they don't listen. And I think God probably looks down in heaven all the time and He sees the misery that we're going through. And all all we are is normal people just out there looking for happiness, just going to all the wrong places. He's like, I've told you what you need to do, but we don't want to do it. We run from it. We're even though we're adults, maybe we're like we're like my one and a half year old daughter. When she sees that medicine, she literally runs. And I, we could I thought about it just for fun, but I thought that might be kind of mean. Bring her up here and showing you. My wife could do it. She could stand here, pull that thing out, and she would take off running. I'm not kidding. And it's the same way with Christians. Sometimes we just don't we don't we don't want to ever ask for help. And listen, sometimes you go to your doctor. And he's not going to, he might not know for sure what's wrong. He's going to look and say, listen, I don't know. I'm not real sure how to help you in this situation. I'm going to have to send you to, and he'll refer you to a specialist. You know what? There might be times you go to somebody, you might even come to me and I might, you know what? I, I don't know everything about that situation. You know what? But I know somebody else that you can talk to. 
I know, or, or maybe I'll say, you know what, let me talk to somebody. I know somebody else who's really good in these areas and they can help you. And I'm telling you, we do that all the time for our physical health. We need to do it for our spiritual health too. We need to go for advice and find out what we need to do and say, I'm going to do it. And sometimes, sometimes the specialist though, spiritually can't help. And sometimes there's nothing you can do except call on the great physician and that's Jesus Christ. Boy, I think that's the first thing we ought to do. But a lot of times, it's the very last thing we do. We wait and we wait. We never, we never call on Christ. Never ask Him. But you need to do that. It's time to take your medicine. You need your vaccinations. You need your prescriptions. And then, boy, this is the one that I personally hate. Boy, I hate this one. I hate it. But I'm going to preach it anyway because it's the truth. You need your diet and exercise. First Timothy four eight. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promises of the life that now is and of that which is to come. You know, if you exercise physically and diet and eat right, it will benefit you in many areas. It is good. It does profit a little, the Bible says. It's okay. You want to do that? That's great. But you know what? The Bible says godliness is profitable unto all things. It's for all things. Diet and exercise spiritually. What is that? I talk all the time about how I'm trying to. I'm looking for the discover. I want to discover a weight loss program, and I'm going to call it Plan B, weight loss formula. Plan A, diet and exercise. Everybody knows that works, but nobody wants to do it. So one of these days, when I finally find that pill that you take it and it automatically does everything for you, that's what I'm going to call. It. I'm going to call it Plan B because that's because. Everybody knows plan A works. But the truth is, there probably isn't one. And spiritually, we look for that plan B all the time too. We don't want to do the diet and exercise part. So what is that spiritually that we're talking about? Well, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, if you want to turn over there, can I want to read a couple of verses to you from Ephesians 5, 26. But diet and exercise, you need, if you're going to have that merry heart, that's good like a medicine. You've got to have the Word of God in your life and it needs to be in there a lot. And it says in Ephesians 5.26, Why? It says that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word, that He might present to himself it to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. You know one of the reasons we read the Bible? It's like taking a spiritual bath. It's a it's it's cleansing. We we read the word of God and it'll 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 help cleanse us. It'll get some of the bad stuff out of our minds and it replaces it with some good things and it, it washes us, it cleans us, it'll help it'll help us do the right thing. The more we take the word of God and we put it into practice and start doing what it says, the more sin we're gonna avoid and which is gonna also result in less problems and turmoil in our life. It's just it literally helps everything having the word of God in your life. It's it's water, it's pure water. It's clean. You know, one of the problems today that we have is we don't drink enough water. Everybody likes all the soda and things like that. And I'm guilty of that myself. But you know what? Sometimes you just need water. You need, you need some water. It literally will cleanse. It will cleanse you. It's good for you. And the Word of God, it's, it's pure, clean water. But most people today, they don't like the pure, clean water. They want to add in all the other stuff in it because it tastes a little better. It's... It's more fun to drink in a sense. And, but the truth is, 
water is the best for you and that's what we need if we're going to have that spiritual health. If you're going to have that merry heart. Also, prayer. James 5.14 says, "...and the prayer of the faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him." Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Notice the last part. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If you are doing what the Bible says to do, if you are practicing the Word of God, you're being washed by the Word of God, you're reading it, you're putting it into practice, when you pray, it literally it's going to accomplish things. It availeth much. You're going to get things done. Those prayers, a lot of times it's like, man, the Lord just doesn't answer any of my prayers. Well, maybe it's because we're so weak spiritually. Maybe it's because we're not following the Word of God. We don't do anything God tells us to do, and then we think all of a sudden He's going to listen to everything we say whenever we ask for something, whenever we pray. The truth is, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And a lot of times when I'm talking, when I was talking earlier about how older people, they're good prayer warriors, a lot of times it's just because they're just good, godly people. And that their prayers get a lot done. They can accomplish a lot with that. And that's a truth. But uh, that's gonna, that takes exercise to get to that point. Boy, you know, sometimes some exercise is kind of fun. But the truth is, most of it isn't. And the fun exercise probably doesn't even do that much good. Otherwise, it wouldn't be fun. But the truth is, there are some things that, as Christians, that we're going to have to do that it's going to take, it's going to take a while. You know, you're just not going to all of a sudden one day just pray and then God answer every single prayer. Well, you need to have a prayer life. You need to start doing it. And sometimes, and a lot of times, too, the reason older people are good at it, they've been doing it for years and years and years. I'm not just going to leave here today and go out and run a marathon. I couldn't possibly do it physically. I've not trained myself one bit. I've not. I guarantee you that even people who train themselves, if they ate all the same stuff that I ate in the last two days, they probably wouldn't be able to do it either. I've done nothing to condition myself for it. I've done nothing to prepare for it. Therefore, I'm not going to be able to accomplish something like that. It's going to take a lot of work. And if you're going to, if you're going to be the kind of person that accomplishes things in your prayer life, it's going to take some spiritual exercise. You're going to have to get in the Word of God a lot. You're going to have to start practicing what the Bible says to do a lot. You're going to have to start praying a lot. And then there's one other thing too that helps us. That's part of that exercise, and it's one too we don't we really don't like, and that's the trials and tribulations that come. Now, none of us like problems in our life, but the truth is, that's what makes us stronger. You know, the reason there are so many just weak people today in this country, they've never gone through anything. We live in a very blessed country. We live in a country that, I mean, we're, we're a very prosperous country. Even right now, when our, our country is struggling financially, we're still doing a whole lot better than most countries. We don't, we don't go through that much. Our, our children today don't have to go through a lot of the things that you went through as a kid. And as a result of that, many of them are very, very weak. And that's a very sad thing. The truth is, the trials and tribulations are what make us stronger. James one two, and this is this verse is. I mean, this will blow people away sometimes. It says, "My brethren, count it all joy, you when you when you fall into divers temptations." What? Count it all joy. Listen, none of us like trials and tribulations, do we? We don't like it. But the Bible says here it says, "Count it all joy when that happens." 
What? I don't like temptations. I don't like trials. I don't like troubles. I don't like them. But it says in verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The truth is that when we go through things, they build other things in our life. They will make you a better person. And if your desire in your life, if your goal is to be a better Christian, if it's to be a better person for Christ, you're going to go through those things and you'll be able to go through them with joy because you'll know that God is going to use this in some way. That God is going to do something through this situation. And the truth is, the many times that the things that we... The, the most difficult times we ever went through in our life. You talk to people, that's when they, maybe when they got saved. That was the time when they got closer to God than they'd ever gotten before. That's when God revealed Himself in ways and made Himself more real than He ever had before during that time in their life. And many times when people get to the end of their lives, the truth is that the greatest times in their life, the times they're most thankful for, are those difficulties that they went through. Because that's when God was able to do some great things. Think about it. Would we even be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were cast into a fiery furnace for their faith. Now we know that God protected them, but what if what if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would have been three guys that were just compromisers that went ahead and bowed to the idol? And while they were bowing on the outside to the idol, they were praying to God on the inside. Well, we wouldn't have that story in the Bible that has been a help to all of us. They wouldn't have got to experience being cast into a fiery furnace and walking in there with the Son of God. Think about that experience that they had. I guarantee you that was probably the greatest moment of their life. Think about Daniel in the lion's den. What if Daniel would have just said, you know what, I'm going to go pray in secret behind closed doors. And he said, I'm, not, I'm going to make sure nobody knows about it. Well, then we didn't, he'd have never had that experience of being cast to the lions and having God send His angel to shut the mouth of the lions. What an experience that must have been. But yeah, before that happened, that was probably one of the most horrible experiences he ever went through. I'm sure that was pretty scary getting thrown into the den of the lions. I'm pretty sure Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were scared when, uh, when those men were taking them and getting ready to throw them into fire. They weren't sure what was going to happen. But what an experience it was when God was with them through the whole thing. And they, they were able to come through that. And I can't even imagine what their faith was like after that. And the truth is, the trials and tribulations, while they're some of the things that we hate the most, they make us better Christians. They make us stronger Christians. And you can have, and they, uh, those are the things that help you have that real joy. You've got to have, take your vaccinations. You need your prescriptions. You need that diet and exercise. And, the, and to conclude all this, sin, Sin will cancel out point two and three. The first one, the vaccination, that penalty of sin, it can never touch you if you're saved. But the truth is, even if you're saved, if you get involved in sin, if you get away from God and just get involved with all the junk of this world, you're going to lose your joy. You can't lose your salvation, but you can lose that joy of salvation. David, he said he when he after he sinned with Bathsheba, he prayed to God and he said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. He'd lost his joy. Thank God he got it back though. But the truth is, sin is going to negatively affect, it's going to negatively affect our spiritual health. If all we do is sin, it's going to steal all the progress that we've made in these other areas. And many people, the problem with them, they don't understand the difference between fun and joy. They go, they talk about all the fun stuff they do, all the crazy parties and all the junk they get involved in. They, they talk about all that fun. 
But what sorrow a lot of that fun brings to many people's lives. You know, they probably have a lot of fun at those parties. They get involved in the, the drugs and the alcohol and all those things. But boy, what are the side effects of those things? They've destroyed so many lives. They, the people, their lives end not with joy, but just with grief and regret. Uh, the, um, just a few verses real quick. I want to read you Proverbs 15.13. It says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. You know, there's a lot of people out there today who have a lot of fun. Okay? But you look at those people and they just look miserable. I literally, I mean, I feel sorry for them. They, they, all, they live for fun, but they have no joy. And then it says, listen, it says in Proverbs 15, 17, better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Think, think about that verse. Better, a dinner of herbs, just not much to it, not a lot of taste, not real enjoyable. But you know what? At that meal, there's love at the table. The husband and wife love each other. The kids love the parents. Thanksgiving's coming up pretty soon. And many of you are going to get together and you'll probably have really nice meals. You get all your family together and you all eat and you have a great time. But why is that a wonderful time? Is it because of the turkey? That, had, that does add to it. But you know what? What is it that makes it a special time? It's the family. It's the love that you have for each other. And the truth is, there's a lot of people, they eat a lot of good food and have a lot of nice things. Like that stalled ox that says, but they ate each other. They're so involved in sin, they've destroyed their lives and they can't even enjoy each other. What a sad situation that is. John 15.10 says, If ye keep My commandments, ye shall abide in My love, even as I have kept My Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you, that My joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. God, Jesus is talking here and He said, I've told you these things because I want your joy to be full. I want you to have full joy. Real joy. Proverbs, or Psalm 16.11 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In Thy presence is fullness of joy. At Thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The Word of God shows us how we can have that fullness of joy. Anything in the Bible that it says against anything, it's not to take away joy. It might take away some fun. But it's so you can have that fullness of joy in your life. So you can enjoy the true pleasures that there are even when you're old. Some people like they'll get they'll do all kinds of stuff and they'll say, "Well, you're only young once." And let me tell you, then they're they, you know what? I know a lot of godly old people that are still happy and still enjoying their life and having a good time. Because the truth is, real joy it comes from Jesus Christ. The Bible says, "A merry heart it doeth good like a medicine." I wonder today. You know, we've got a lot of health care issues in this country, and I wonder how much would be helped if people would just one get saved and start living for God. You think about all the stuff that just the pressures and just the try the turmoils, and it it can you get you get stressed out enough, it'll have a negative effect in your health. I've been there before. I wonder how much, I'm wondering how many, I know it wouldn't solve all the problems. There's always going to be diseases and different sicknesses and things. But boy, I wonder how much of it would go away. I wonder if, how many doctor's offices or hospitals would have to close if everybody just got right with God. I know it's not going to happen. 
But at the same time, it does, boy, that merry heart, it would cure a lot of problems in people's lives. And I believe, and God wants you to have it. I think everybody wants it. But you know what? I feel sometimes that when I tell people about this, I feel like my wife does when she goes to my daughter with that medicine. It's time to take your medicine. I don't want it, mommy. Run away from it. Don't do that. Run to it. Run to these things. These are, this is exactly what you need to have that merry heart. It's good. It's like a medicine. So let's all stand together this morning with our heads bowed and eyes closed.